Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We're starting on episode 119 of the Talking Aki podcast because me and Martin are tired of waiting. So it's it's just us two. Luke decided to go to a Jays game tonight, and he let us know at about 5 o'clock he was going. Eric said, I'll be ready at 6.30, or I'll be good anytime after 6. And uh, it's and... 7.10, and he's still saying he's not good. Yep. Not so, the best. So you know what? We got things to do. Me and Martin can't sit around all day waiting for Eric. Welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite. Producer Luke here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use, leave a review on Apple, visit our website, TalkingHockeyPodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at TalkingHockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. Eric was in last week. We didn't have an episode because Eric went to Vancouver. Um, and the other part of the story here to roast Eric now, who's not here to defend himself is he went to visit a friend of his who really enjoys hiking and climbing mountains and stuff in BC. And Eric doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Eric's not so good at the hikes. I got and he some was... funny stories. Uh, <laughs> maps of Eric struggling up some hills struggling up some hills and yeah you know eric has little legs um uh, jeremy doesn't have little legs little legs should help you in a hike <laughs> to be as long as they're little little uh yeah tree trunks <laughs> i think i think that this taught eric he's not an outdoorsy man no uh, he's eric's gonna leave that outdoorsy. he's gonna leave that for the white people yes eric's toronto <laughs> toronto man's through and through. Toronto man's walk on the the harbor front trail. That's it. One of the fun, one of the funniest Toronto man story is Eric brought his truly Toronto friends. You know them. I won't mention names. Um, to a cottage with us, and they decided to go kayaking. <laughs> and everyone's like, guys, like it's super wavy out there, super windy. Like, don't do it. It's a really bad call. You won't make it anywhere. You're not like you might be good swimmers, but you're not prepared for a lake in the state that it's in. And these guys went out. They went 10 meters. They got blown back in the shore and everybody had to help take in their kayak from the fucking water because it flipped over. They couldn't get it unflipped. 
and it was his son, basically. And yeah, so that's Toronto Man's in the wild. And we weren't even in the wild. We were in fucking Skoka. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, I, I don't expect anything else. Yes. So, uh, it's just us two. So, we, we're we going to talk a little bit about, I guess the big thing that happened last week was Matthew Kachuk getting traded. Uh, a couple other things, you know, we can talk a little bit about free agency here. But... Uh, yeah, well, how do you feel about the trade for Matthew Kachuk? I have my thoughts. So to those who don't know, Matthew Kachuk traded for Jonathan Huberdeau to uh, to Florida for Jonathan Huberdeau, Kenzie Weger, first-round pick, and a prospect. I feel I like a lot of people are justifying it for Florida. I still feel like it was a lot to give up. Like I still right. feel like it was quite a bit to give up for a guy that you're replacing Jonathan Huberdeau with, basically. Yeah. And then who you're replacing Mackenzie Weger with. Like, no one. No one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is concerning. Yeah. Um, so they need to do something else to make this trade look better because that contract's good. Like, Tchuk is obviously a fucking great player. He'll probably perform really well with Barkov. Like it, like yeah. what they got wasn't bad. It just was a lot to give up. Like that Cole Schwint might be nothing. Might be a third, like a bottom, yeah. bottom pair, uh, bottom uh, six guy, yeah. um, which is nothing to sniff at. Um, then a first round, uh, which is Florida gave up another one. That, I yes. think that's where you got to consider. Like, yes, Florida is all in. They have no first round pick, yes. I think, until like twenty twenty six. Yes. And they have one second round pick. They've and what they've spent it on last year, Claude Giroux, okay. That was a good pickup, I think. They didn't go as far as they wanted, but Claude Giroux was a good pickup. But then spending another one on Ben Sherratt, you know, and like just looking at the moves that they've made is kind of like what the heck is going on here? Ben Sherratt right? was a questionable one. Yeah. And they and they decided to go out. They had were having a historic season. And I mean part of it, I think I discussed it, was like they were kind of they beat they beat up really bad teams. And when they played teams that were good, they didn't win or one in three on three overtime. You guys and, emphasized this, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Washington gave them more of a struggle than I think anyone expected in the playoffs and then Tampa just smoked them out of the water and they've traded everything. No they've prospects really, no, no picks to really go off of. And they've kind of, kind of stayed like, like, yeah, like they're all I, lateral moves. Yeah. And I think, okay. So Kachuk for eight years in his prime, he's what, 23, 24 years old. Yeah. You're getting him for eight years till he's 32. He brings a cycle. Uh, part of their their offense was like you know missing a, a player like him in the cycle. He has good defensive impacts that might help you know limit the the loss of Uyghur. I mean it's kind of hard to to compare for to a defenseman there, but yes. you know they just got one piece back. They traded away two players who had one year remaining on their deal. Probably priced themselves out of being able to play both of them at least to play in Florida. Yes. Um, Uyghur is a huge loss for their D. I mean, he kind of, he was good. He got exposed against Tampa, I think, twice last year and this year. They ex- kind of exposed his weaknesses there. He's a good player, though. Huberto 
probably on his next contract was going to be hugely overpaid. Way know? overpaid. It's like not going to age great well. Player, so. but it's right, overpaid as fuck. That's this is Martin who loved Huberto as <laughs> top five player in the league last year. Unfortunately I mean, for Huberto, he's one of those classic cases where like he got really good on the current contract, which was undervalued, and then right. he'll be. He'll be a free agent, yeah, yeah, and he'll probably go off this year again. I mean, who knows? Actually, Calgary's a bit of a mess. Up front. Yeah, yeah. Oof. It's it's a it's trade. Scary. Yeah, it's a trade where both teams kind of got worse, almost right. Like Florida <laughs> gets a good player, but they traded two good players back, and then Calgary trades probably their best player and gets two players back on but, one year deal. He wasn't two. signing. Like the key right. is there he wasn't signing. So Florida kind of gets raked harder because they gave up a lot to get a guy that wasn't going to play there anymore. Like I think I think when a player of his caliber gets becomes available that they had to swoop in. Especially RFA because right. Calgary would still have him under control, I believe. No. Right. Would they? Well, it was a sign and trade, basically. I think so. Yeah, they would have have had like a year or two maybe. That is also what helped with that because Calgary signed them right for that eighth year. So I feel like that definitely upped the value. Right. And I think, yeah, yeah. But if they – Calgary looks better in this trade because I look at that team, they lost their two best players. Yes. Right. In the span of like two weeks. Right. Yes. They lost Goudreau. They lost. And anyone saying Yuck. they should have traded Goudreau at trade deadline or like Imagine that, got yeah. asset, like fuck, stupid, dumb, yeah. move on. That was their. And it's crazy because they were looking really good last year. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Out of 100%. nowhere, after being kind of middling for the past two or three years, right? Kind well, of not good. Dog punch shit rate. The year before. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then the year before, they kind of snuck we're into the middling, playoffs, yeah. the bubble playoffs, and yeah. they weren't a good team, but they weren't a bad team. And the year they were actually very good and everything clicked this year, they got blown out by Edmonton. The the very good thing for Calgary is, as Eric said in his stories and stuff, is Calgary definitely was in a blow-up. They could have been easily in a blow-up phase and they still in my opinion i think should be and they they have two very good pieces for a blow up like jonathan huberdo trading him at the deadline holy crap that's a lot of return right not saying they're doing that 100 percent, but like yeah especially when you yeah if they do that they that's what i was kind of saying if they do that they look a lot better they trade they get multiple first round picks or prospects for those guys trading them because I mean you still look at the West, it's it's pretty open. Right? Yes. That that division is wide open. And you got first out of Florida. Who could like, yeah with, I mean I mean like, yeah with all this return and you got a first. Because who knows what Huberdo will do like Huberdo and uh Lindholm out there could get hundred points without the other without well I mean they're missing their their shooter. Right, I mean, like Kachuk, or yeah, you know, I mean, yep, and they have no shooter coming up. Yeah, yeah, that's concerning. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's like they're missing. Like their D is good. Tanev has been crazy good. Hannafin is good. 
Markstrom in net probably will be, you know, very good again, top five goalie in the league. Yeah. But I mean, outside of that, yeah, outside of that. Yeah, that's a little concerning. It's a little concerning. Who knows though? Um, Do you, well, I mean, yeah, so, so my eyes. But they're in a weak division anyway. They're in a very weak division. So who knows if they, they, they might win games and they might make the playoffs and they'll be like, you know what? We can't trade Huberto. Even though he probably, I, I look at him and I think there's no way he signs there long-term. I look at Uyghur, I think there's also probably no way he signs there long-term. I would say Uyghur's more likely. More likely, Uyghur, yeah. But yeah, neither should want to, in my opinion. Because Calgary is in drop-off phase. Because right. who knows how long Markstrom can hold up and he's still, and, what, three <clears> or four years. And like I said, like Huberto's contract is it's probably going to be eight years no matter where it is, and it's not going to age well at all. Like, it's that's that's what we need to consider here as well. Like, he's going to be in his mid-30s probably by the time that contract's they should, over. And they shouldn't want to sign him. He, he had a career year last year. It's tough. I mean, it was it was kind of out of the blue. I remember seeing it was like Friday at like 10.30. This trade came out, and I, I mean... Yes. He was going to be moved, and then it was just like, wow. I think that's probably one of the biggest trades we've ever seen, considering the caliber of players that have moved and were traded, especially in the salary cap world. Well, Pretty crazy. I don't think we've ever seen a trade a like huge, that. That's a huge trade. Like, it's massive. Multiple NHL pieces going. Usually you see, like, a trade where it's, like, you know, a good player getting traded for a whole bunch of picks and prospects, but these are, like, legitimate players in return. Yeah. So yeah. Calgary can compete next year still. They're worse. Much the same way Florida can compete next year, but they're worse. It's a it's a very it feels like a very owner centric trade. Because if I was Calgary and mm-hmm. losing Goudreau, I would have tried to maximize future assets for Matthew to chuck. But what Calgary did was maximize current productive assets. For Tchuk, which is which is what an owner would really like, because it still makes you competitive. It still brings in revenue, because you still get fans that like the team that want to show up, because you still have a hope. But if I was there, I would have been like, "Fuck it, to Tchuk out, bring in bunch of picks, bunch of young prospects, and go from there." You would rather that than hoping to get someone to kind of like i mean like they can this is why i'm saying they did it though because they can still compete next year and their window isn't was never that big right like they their their window was quite like a flash in the plan it was right (laughs) especially considering like yeah losing if they resign goudreau who knows maybe it's different but yes um he didn't and he was never going to sign and i think that this well i don't know I think I think they still make the playoffs next year with this team, but should they? Would it not be smarter to, if they're you know in a, in a playoff spot next year? But they look at it realistically and say, you know what, we're not being we're not beating Colorado again, we're not beating you know whoever Vegas might step up next year. Just trade people. I think I think an example of this where a team ended up getting better. Is this allowed? I think this is allowed. <laughs> I don't think this is allowed, guys. Well, we'll we'll figure it out. You know what. Luke can figure it out. 
we're talking about Matthew Kachuk. We gave our opinions on it. Um, I was where I was at was kind of saying like, we think that we think that both teams kind of lost that right? I, I expressed this in our chat. Um, but you know, what I was trying to say is like, would it not be smart for them, even if Calgary is in a playoff spot next year? You know, let's say around the trade deadline, they're in second or third place in the division. They're probably going to make the playoffs because the Pacific is so wide open. But should they not look at the team? Kind of like, I think St. Louis is an example of it, where they traded David Perron. They were in a playoff spot, traded away David Perron, I think, or Paul Stastny, sorry. Paul Stastny was the one. Yeah. They traded him, got a pick back for it. They tore it down right before the playoffs. And the players were pissed. But now look at them. They're in a much better spot than they would have been had they kept him. Right. Yep, that was uh that was ballsy on their part. I don't ballsy. even know if I'm gonna be able to be heard to be honest, because uh, I feel like this isn't a thing that works. But I think it is. I think it I is. Know, I don't know. Your thing's showing up at the Your bottom. Your thing's showing up. It's recording. We're good. Okay. So right. that's a that's a good sign. <laughs> and here's it? Eric. Eric came back from Vancouver specifically for this. Climbed up some mountains. Heard some stories about him climbing the mountains and how much he enjoyed it. And we'll I definitely did. do it again. He's, I a, will definitely he's a big outdoorsy guy. Again. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Hanging with the white people, you know? So doing white people things. Me and Martin shared our thoughts on the trade. What are your thoughts on the trade, Eric? And now we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now we'll get back into the show. I mean, I agree with the 20 seconds of stuff I heard you say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I know Calgary is going to try to extend Uyghur and Huberto, but I also know that they shouldn't and right. that they should rebuild. I think they, they should. They have probably the second best defense core in the NHL now. Tana, Killington, Anderson. Uh, Hannafin has been pretty Weger. good. Hannafin's really improved under uh, Sutter. Uh, Sutter. So, um, you know, their top fives really defensemen are basically all guys that can pay, can play on the top pair or in the top four. Which you don't really need. 
which you don't need. Yeah, you 100% don't need. And then they have like Zadorov and Valmaki who can probably pair, play bottom pairing. So they have too many top four guys right now, in my opinion. Uh, our top pairing guys, I think they should be moving one of those guys for a forward if they're trying to be competitive. Because teams with tons of really good defensive depth but have no offense are typically not very good teams. It's very, mm-hmm. it's much easier to defend than it is to be good offensively. Uh, and I think Florida, despite bringing in Huberto, is really going to struggle with that. They basically replaced Boudreau and Kachuk with Huberto. And that's not the same. <laughs> like, Gaudreau, no. I think, is better than Huberto, or at least equivalent, or as close as possible as they can be. I still think Gaudreau's a little bit better. And Kachuk's very, very good. So they lost two stars and brought back one in. And Kachuk's like, way different. Like, way different. Yeah, completely different style. Huberto and Goudreau are, like, as similar players as you can get. Like, just elite passers. Goudreau's better. Just Huberto's bigger. Yeah, bigger. I think Goudreau had tribes play a little bit better. But regardless, like, you know, uh, they're both very, very extremely similar players. But, you know, Calgary last year without Kachuk was not as good of a team. And they're basically going into next season with, a better defense, but defense was never their issue. Uh, they can't rely on internal improvements because they don't really have any like young prospect guys that are really going to make huge impacts next season. So it's yep. not like they can offshoot the loss of Kachuk with improvements from other guys like Manjia Pani, Dylan Dubé. Like those guys are what they are now at this point. They're not going to get much. Better Which is, they're not are. bad players, but they're not like. No, yeah, yeah, they're guys, very right? good. Manager, uh, you know, my love for Manager Pony is uh, well known, but they're not going to get better and than. They're, they're. And they're defense centric players, like Lindholm, Manager Pony. Yeah, exactly. They don't have. A, they lost their two best scorers, and yeah. yes, they brought in Huberto, but Huberto is also very one dimensional. He's very one-dimensional, awful defensively. Suter will probably help improve that in his system, but um, they, he, I, I just don't see how they stay competitive. Like they just don't have an offense anymore with Kachuk no. gone, and Lindholm's only going to regress, in my opinion. I don't think he's as good as what he was. And then if they extend Huberto, they're going to have to give that guy Panarin a lot a contract, right? And with it's not going to age well at all. Years. Yeah, Aaron's at eleven point five million dollars a year. Why would Huberto ask for anything less? You know what I mean, right? So, uh, Huberto is going to get ten plus easily. Maybe you know all these rumors about him wanting to go to Montreal. Maybe he takes like a million dollar discount or something, and takes ten point five. But he's going to get ten over ten. Like I can't see mm-hmm. world where he doesn't. So, uh, and Calgary really shouldn't be giving a twenty nine year old that kind of contract. Neither should Montreal, to be honest. But that's besides. <laughs> It's gonna be. It's gonna age, poor, very, very poorly. Yeah, I mean, Panarin's deal is already starting to not look very good. Like Panarin last year was good, but he wasn't eleven point five million. Oh, and he sucked. Like he was a, a detriment in the playoffs almost. Like, yeah, he wasn't very he... good, and you know, it's similar to all the older guys that get those deals, right? Tavares isn't worth eleven point five million dollars anymore. But Panarin at the beginning, at the beginning, he was year anymore. Kopitar at the still beginning, is. they were. Yeah. yeah, at the beginning. So the first two years, and maybe that's what Calgary is hoping for. They're going to extend their run for another two years. But if they extend their run another two years, a lot of those guys aren't going to be as valuable trade chips as they are right now. So it's either they pull as New York, St. Louis, and yes, they can make the playoffs if they want to, but they're probably not a cup contender. Or they 
tear it all down and rebuild and become a cop. Like they have so many assets. They can 100% get like eight first round picks for next year, quite literally with the guys that they have. Yeah. Before you came on, I I said uh, the move was a very owner centric move. Like yeah, getting it was who were, like because it makes them competitive, but it doesn't make them. It's sell tickets like, without yeah, bottoming, exactly. bottoming out after like, losing two of your franchise players. Yeah, because Huberto is a, I feel like in a Calgary market will be a jersey seller because he was projected first line team Canada. Like that's a pretty big deal yeah. in a Canadian market. Like yeah, he's so, a great player. Yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, so if you look at their team right now, like. Huberto one year left, Backlund two years left, Lucic one year left, so they're get, they're getting some cap space, uh, and then a bunch of their defensemen UFAs and you know Tanev in two years, Weger in one year, Hannafin in two years. So this is like the prime time to rebuild and sell all these guys, or they just have to go all in for the next two years, and then their rebuild is going to be painful. And ask for like five, six. It's going to be a long rebuild after. So you yes. know, I I don't think there's necessarily a right thing. It's just although that Florida of- pick could be pretty nice because it's two years in the future. And Florida's Florida fucked. Florida. I, mean, I think this is not talked about enough. Like Florida has nothing. It's three years in the future. It's 2026, isn't it? 2025. I thought it was 2026 first rounder. Or no, and no, that's no, when no. their next one is. No, no, I think it's 2025. But if they're in the top 10, then it moves to 2026. I think that's what it is. That's insane. Yeah. Law you protect it. Yeah. So anyways, uh, right now, like if they traded, if they decided to say fucking rebuild, Coleman could grab uh, probably not a lot anymore, but he's on it's still not a bad deal. Lindholm could grab easily a first and a prospect, especially based off of last year. Dylan Dubé. Especially at that contract. Yeah. Kubro, if they contracted here, they can bring in like a prospect and a first. Mangiapani, I know you don't need to trade him, but like he's right outside their rebuild if they do. So you can trade him for a first. Like Hannafin, Anderson, Chris Tanev, Mackenzie Weger, all those guys can go for equivalent value of first rounders or more. For sure. So that like their rebuild would be so easy to do if they just tore it all down right now. Whereas if they wait two seasons, They'll have some bad money on the books with Huberto and a couple others, and they won't have any assets to trade for futures. So, they, you know, if they if it's really important for them in the near future to maximize their, you know, uh, market price by with tickets and everything, then do it. But right now is the best. Which it might be. Like, who knows have. what this this Calgary owner's looking at after COVID? Like. Maybe he's like, yeah. fucking need to sell tickets. Let's get, yeah. the, get the tickets done. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's not talking about enough is like how Florida has literally no prospects, no picks for the next four years. This is Florida's time though. Like this is. But is it really? What they, what, they, what they spent it on last year after having a historic yeah. season, they spent it on Ben Sherrod. That, yeah, that was But dumb. that's not like here nor there. Like them spent it wasn't bad, but them spending picks poorly isn't what's at at fault. Like at, not at not at fault, but like what's at question here. It's whether they're in the window, and they are. And because Barkov is aging, Barkov's twenty six, Reinhardt's twenty six, 
Bennett's 26. Like they're Hayes, in 26. their window. Duclair's 26. Ekblad's 26. Forsling's 26. Kachuk's 24. Knight and Lindell are only going to get better 21 and 20 years old. Lindell looks sick, right? So this is their window. They just don't have their, their issue. Like Florida's issue, moving away from Calgary, is that their defense is so bad now without right. It's going to be atrocious. Like they need to fix that somehow. Like it's going to be so bad. They have and, no assets to trade now. <laughs> well, they'll have to trade a forward, right? It'll look like, right. you know, it looks like they'll have to get rid of like uh, Duclair or maybe even like Reinhardt or Bennett or God forbid for or something to get that. But they have to get a defenseman somehow because it's so bad. And on top of that, the Bobrovsky contract's really fucking them over from right. previous management. Like that $10 million, oof, they could have used that. <laughs> you know what we didn't talk about? We can still speak about Calgary, but like, I think we discussed the trade for half an hour now. Yeah. But like, we didn't talk about because we, we didn't do a podcast last week, so we didn't talk about Goodrow signing with Columbus. Yeah, and we how did. Out of left, did we? Oh, we yeah, did. We, yeah, that's right. We, we had the live react. My bad. My bad. You know what? Yeah, my bad. I apologize. Cut that out. It was that was. It's still insane to me. And he and he's trying to defend it. He's like, what? What was so surprising about this? And then Columbus, they signed Patrick Line, and then they to get under the cap, they have to dump Oliver Bjorkstrand for literally nothing. Awful. Their that, second best that player. Was the worst. That was the second worst trade of the year after I it's either Debrinket or that one. Debrinket at least they got some stuff, like some right. valuable stuff. You know, there's a first in there and a second. For Bajorkson, they couldn't even get a second round pick. They got a third and a was, fourth. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the reason why they were Yeah. Simply if they didn't just simply sign Eric Goodbranson. They could have kept him. Literally that, and then that maybe mind like, mind like small contract like Corrali or something like that's making like three mil or 2.5 million when he should be making like like mid you know what i mean like it's such a bad move actually you know what you convinced me ty it's worse than the debrinket because debrinket at least they got a first and second but jorkstrand's 90 something percent of debrinket's impact but and got, there's been like, some weird order. contracts that like, good branson one makes no sense that Gabranson one's really bad. That um, Gabranson one's officially the worst impacting contract in the NHL right now because they lost the top line winger for nothing. Who also did led you their see this Jonas second in points? What Siegenthaler? Did you see this Jonas Siegenthaler contract? He's pretty like, good. He's, he's good. good. He's he's like he's one of those guys that no offense, but he's like the best defensive defense, one of the best defense. And good puck, good yeah, good good puck mover on that team. So could age well, but it's, I don't think that's bad. Like Eric Branson is literally bad. bad. He's a guy who's like yes. almost Eric utterly like like should barely be in the NHL, and if he isn't in the NHL, it should be like twelve minutes a night, like every once in a while when they have to play him as a seventh. Is he not twelve minutes a night? Like they gave him four exactly. years at four million. They're expecting him, $4 million, him to. They cannot play him twelve minutes. He's a night. probably he's playing with Wierenski. But isn't that what he's done like most of his career before this? Wasn't he? Calgary, like, he was playing like eighteen like, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Ottawa give him up like on waivers? Like yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's like. Oh. It's, it's, it makes it so much worse because it's like he's on waivers. You could have got him for free, and like he could have accepted like a league mint deal. 
Like, I don't understand how you give him $4 million. It doesn't make any that, sense. Like That's a literally, yeah. Is the best agent in the NHL. Must be. Maybe maybe they had to do that because I think him and I see I saw Johnny Goudreau was like at a at a wedding with him or something like that a couple of weeks ago. Goudreau was like, good for it sounds so maybe like he's that's good why. buddies yeah. with him. So I think it was a big it was a big ticket, uh big selling feature to get him to Columbus. Yeah, but I feel like, like they could have like was there another team that was gonna give him three million dollars? Like why not three million dollars? <laughs> yeah, like why do you have yeah. to come in so hard at four <laughs> years too? Like it's I know. four by four. And plus <laughs> I don't want Goudreau on my team if I have to sign no offense to Goudreau. I don't want Goudreau on my team if I have to sign Gabranson for four years at four million dollars. At thirty like, years sorry. old too, like <laughs> like I like you have Goudreau and uh Good Branson together totaling what is that fifteen million dollars almost right on the cap, right? Or yes. you can have Bajorkstrand for the next whatever four or five years at like five million dollars. Yeah, I'll take that every day. I love Goudreau. I think he's one of the best. He's you know top five, top ten winger in the NHL. Amazing. Bajorkstrand's a top 20, 25 winger. That's <laughs> like, it's, it's unbelievable. Yes. It's all bad. It's, it's all bad. It's like the is like I don't know what uh what's the GM's name Yarmo Kekalainen. I don't know what he's an hell. interesting guy, man. Like I'm surprised he hasn't been fired. <laughs> I, I said it. <laughs> That's a move. Anybody else in the world would get fired for. <laughs> like, like imagine in like in your job, you just you sell something. That's worth like a million dollars, and you sell it for like twenty bucks. That's what he just did. <laughs> literally what he just did. Like a third of a like, he's not going to get shit out of that. It's like Elaine eating her boss's twenty thousand dollar cake. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like a lady crashing their boss's hundred and fifty thousand dollar car with no insurance on it. <laughs> like it's so bad. Insane. Yeah. Um, oh man. So what the next thing I wanted to say was, yeah. this is a rumor that a lot of people are saying on Twitter. Uh, probably the biggest free agent and who was the biggest free agent from the beginning was your boy Nazem Kadri, or second biggest, Nazem Kadri. Yeah, especially. what the hell's going on there? We haven't heard a word from him. And it's been, what, two, three weeks of free agency now? Yeah, two weeks of free agency. And there hasn't been a single word about about him. What they're saying, or what a lot of people are thinking, is that he has like an under-the-table, like handshake deal with a team that needs to clear cap space for him, either yeah. Colorado or Islanders. But that's what the I rumors mean, it are. Would be right interesting now. if he went to the Islanders because it's basically the Leafs and the Islanders switching centers, and they'll probably have to give him like eight million dollars plus. I'm guessing. Uh, if yeah. the Islanders do sign Kadri, that's another awful move on their part. No offense. Like, I love Kadri, my favorite player in the NHL. Everyone knows this. But, um, <laughs> like, he, he doesn't fit the Islanders' timeline. The Islanders need a rebuild. They do not need to try to extend it with another 30-year-old dude on the roster. It's not exactly yes. their solution. I think that, he fits I, really I well. I way overpay. Yeah, like, it's a way overpay. <laughs> You're paying him for a point per game year. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not <laughs> when he hasn't never done that before. And a Stanley Cup. Yeah. There's like, huge recency bias oh, for sure with Kadri. Geez. Because I think people forget he was not good last year. He was not good the year before. Not great the year before. Yeah, he was like he a went 50 off this year. Guy. 
yeah. 50.5. And that's what he went you off this year, them, which is fine. Like that's a great player to have on your team, getting 50, maybe 60 points on your team. But that is not eight, $10 million. <laughs> it's no yes. five, six is what you would yes. be hoping for. Yeah. And then especially because he's older now, there's going to be regression, all the usual stuff we talk about. Colorado, he fits well because Colorado has no center depth at all. Like, and he, I mean, they just won the look, cup. Yeah. They, and, yeah. Yeah. I think like Colorado, yes, they're going to have to overpay him still. But um, I think he Less. fits better in that team. Although with them signing like Josh Manson, I don't know how the hell they're going to fit him in, but regardless. Yeah, they could have just not signed Manson. It would have been a lot easier. Because yeah. I think that the Islanders, the Islanders are rumored to have to be trading Dobson as well because they can't fit him under the cap. Yeah, I mean the Islanders are a complete disaster. They're gonna lose. They lost if they lose Devin Taves and Noah Dobson because of <laughs> overpaying freaking Cal Clutterbuck and. Uh, Brock Matt Nelson, Martin, Josh Bailey, like their whole, whole, their whole team. Yeah. Like, everyone on that team, basically. Like, that's. Pajo. Devin Taves just played 20 plus minutes a night on one of the best. He was traded for, and traded for a second round pick. Yeah. And was played, traded for two seconds. Like, you picks. should fire Lou over that. Like, you should be like, Lou, time for retirement, buddy. Like, yeah. we just watched Devin Taves, who you traded for two dominate seconds. Dominate in the playoffs. By the dominate way, dominate win a Stanley Cup. Devin, You're fired. Bye-bye, Lou. Taves, <clears throat> the top seven best defensemen in defensively in the cut in the playoffs last year. And he we had, didn't make the playoffs. Like bye-bye, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. I, he also won two GM of the Year's awards while also having done that move. So yes, which year. is just another and statement at how another NHL. Is. <laughs> but I think it's interesting that. It's amazing how much hype was going into the offseason around Kadri getting ten plus million dollars and all this crap, and then nothing. <laughs> like <laughs> hasn't signed yet. Gojo took what uh, a day, <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. to get done. He signed that same day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So late in the day, I think I, like a toward the end. I do think there is something to these these Twitter things because it was always said like there's like deals for Kadri like. And it was always like back up the truck for Kadri. Like who's going to back up the truck enough? And it's going to be who's going to give him the best offer. So I still yeah. think that's a thing. And it's just him deciding which team. And he's maybe decided. And it's which team can make something happen quick enough to make room. I mean, there's The thing is, there's not a lot of cap space in the league. Right, like, and it's just, yeah, zero. It, this is what happens in your so few teams you know. now with cap space. Like you go when you go into free agency, part of the pressure and part of the leverage teams have is the fact that there isn't a lot of cap space, especially this year. Like especially this year because of the flat cap. Like it behooves you as a free agent to do these deals earlier because you can Quick. just completely yes. lock. Of course, and of course. I think Kadri's. Unless he has some like major backroom deal with, you know, some team right now, like he's gonna, I feel like he's gonna get screwed out. And if he has to take like a one year deal because he can't get the really long term one he wants and he regresses back to 50 points, that's gonna be the biggest lost money of his career right there. You know, like I think 
Taylor Hall that took way too long or something? Or Yeah, Taylor Hall did that uh, a couple. Yeah. Didn't know, was it? I can't remember who. No, no, it wasn't Taylor, it was Taylor Hall. Hall or so. It was no. someone. It was a big t- ticket guy, and then he couldn't get the long-term deal that he wanted. And then he really it was Taylor Hall. Oh, it was didn't, Taylor Hall. Yeah, Buffalo. Did Buffalo. That one year. Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. 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 But it worked right. out for him because he ended up in Boston, where he wanted to be, and got his contract in Boston. Still yeah. chilling in Boston. But he did, he still didn't get you know Taylor Hall could have gotten like a much bigger deal than that. Yeah. I well, we say he could have, and then do you think Kadri rejected a deal at the at free agent frenzy? <sighs> By all accounts, it doesn't I, sound like it. I think he must have. He must have. There must have been other teams that offered him multi-year what, deals. Like Arizona swept in and was like, we'll give you 10, 10 yeah, by 7. Yeah, like, but, I mean, he, he probably was like, no, I don't want to go to fucking Arizona. Cause you but he already won. Like, if, so if that is the case, is he really screwing himself? Because maybe he's just a, he wants to win. And that's why, like, yeah, he truly wants to win, win, which is sick because that, that shows, like, he, he wants, wants to win more than money. I guess he wants win and make good money <laughs> yeah well you know, of like, course I, i'm very skeptical on him being like all oh, four million dollars to fucking do this you know like no he already took a no. discount on his contract i think if colorado's frees up the space he'll take a discount but it will be it won't be like again a, a four mil or whatever he's at right now it's 4.5 yeah. i mean it'll it'll be like definitely a, it'll be like yeah. an eight it'll be yeah. like a six uh a six to eight in Colorado would be my guess. I think eight. I think because I think yeah. like people were saying he wanted like nine point five or ten. Yes. Yeah. See, I mean, which isn't like terrible, especially if you go and win another cup, which is unreal. Like, I feel like that's can't the that's the goal. Than like Landis Cog, you know, like and Landis Cog's at eight. I feel like Kadri's gonna have to be at eight. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, anything else you wanted to talk about? Um. Uh, what have you guys talked about before I was here? Just, just Kachuk and literally this. just oh, yeah. Kachuk. We spent all and this time chirp, on just and chirping and, and chirping you, chirping you, climbing a mountain, oh, okay. yeah, climbing yeah, mountains. Okay. Time for that. I what what was there to chirp me about climbing mountains, man? I I conquered those mountains. I just heard you were just gassed. Yeah, you were just gassed. Yeah, it was really rough. I was like. I was so amazed by how fit Becca was. Like, I knew Jeremy was, like, fit. Bro, Becca, Becca goes on the 100K bike rides with Jeremy. Too. I know. Like, I she does it. <laughs> she, she would just, like, be running up these mountains, no problem. And I, I was, like, 10 minutes in fucking just sweating and dying. It was, it was <laughs> Anyways, uh, I also wanted to talk about... Um, some of the free agents that were left, like there's still like some other guys in there, like Sony Milano and stuff that don't have contracts yet. And yep. I think he fits really well with any team that's kind of savvy enough to get him at like $1.1 million probably if he hasn't signed yet. IE Leafs? Are you saying IE Leafs? I mean, Leafs literally I have no cap space though. True. They got a dump curve. I'm still shocked curve what's on the team. Yeah, well, they probably don't pay the price. We're like midsummer, man. Like, I feel like GMs still have to go on vacay at some point. <laughs> like, this is dead of summer. This is zero time. Well, I think considering that, like, considering what Bjorkstein just went for, they're not going to get much for Kerfoot if that's what they're hoping for. They're not going to get anything for Kerfoot. It's going to be a, comp, ca, a comp, camp, cap, dump. 
God. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's not even that Kerfoot's bad. Well, if they need an upgrade for sure, but they can't get one. Look what Match Pacioretty got. They had to Nothing. give away another Which player is with shocking. them for future consideration. Which is That's shocking. shocking. Match Pacioretty for nothing? Future considerations? Oh, I feel like that's not too shocking considering Vegas was fucked. Like, yeah, Vegas... But Vegas has been fucked for years. But they made a trade with been... Carolina, who is the type to just be like, nah. The owner would yeah. be in on that one and be like, we're I'm going just jugular there... on this bitch. <laughs> okay, so I think we can end the episode with, with this, with this point, which is that every year players get signed and they get signed for too much compared to what they should be making. And it's not just the big ticket guys that are getting paid nine, ten, fifteen million dollars not fifteen. It's the Erica Bransons. It's the Erica Bransons. It's the guys the Jonas Siegenthalers. No, I think you guys like but man, it's five that are making two point five million dollars that Ty said it was an okay deal. It's the guy it's the Sean Crowley's making like five hundred thousand, a million dollars more than they should. It's all these bottom of the lineup guys making Two million, three million, four million that add up that take away your cap space. When you take away your cap space, you fuck up your team. And the smart teams, Seattle, Carolina, sometimes Tampa, give they've given out some bad con not so great contracts recently, but you know, et cetera, et cetera. The smart teams are gonna take advantage of that and take the actual players that bring value to your team because of that. Vegas screwed themselves over. You know, we talked about it before. They really shouldn't didn't need to go over get Petrangelo, they needed offense. And now because they went and got Petrangelo, they're losing Max Petrardi, who was arguably their best offensive player over the last two seasons or three seasons. And Vegas's core issue has always been offense, continues to be offense, and they lost him for nothing. And Carolina in Vegas's defense, I think they felt like they had like they were definitely fucked by injuries this past year. Yeah, Max yeah. Pacioretty. Plenty of reasons why they didn't do well this season. And Pacioretty was one of the been. injury dudes. Yeah, like he yeah. was and the he injury bros. Yeah, yes. he has been quite injured. But Carolina, they have cap space now. They didn't sign. Oh, any Carolina, fucking. And you're able to bring in like. Of them. I I posted this on our story. Uh, Pavel Bushnevich, Oliver Bjorkshin, and Andre Burakovsky. All together make fifteen million dollars on the cap, and are all top line wingers. And you could have got all three of those guys onto your team for fifteen million dollars. Do you know how many like teams could entirely rebuild their team off of getting those three guys in an off season or two off seasons? Entirely possible, doable. And all those guys went for is a third round and fourth round pick. Bergeron, Pavel Buchnevich went for like. Freaking Sammy Blaze and yeah. a second round pick. So Sammy Blaze barely an NHL player, fourth line guy. So basically went for a second round pick. And Burakovsky was free in free agency for five million dollars. He only got five million for five years. It's a thirty goal scorer who's twenty seven years old. That deal goes to thirty two. It's not an eight year deal where they're gonna have to eat those last three four years. It's a five. It is year Seattle deal. though. Who's who? <laughs> Seattle has who good won't... wing depth. Yeah, for they, sure. And Seattle has probably they the are interesting. Depth. NHL right now, maybe, and they have veneers and Shane Wright who yeah, are major golden. <clears throat> but anyways, the point is, everybody always argues with me. I always get these DMs where it's like, oh no, that's actually a fine contract for the guy. No, it's not. It almost never is. 
when you pay these bottom of the lineup guys three four million dollar deals when you shouldn't be doing it, it adds up over time and it makes you lose out on not just lose out on good players that you want to keep but it limits you from being able to acquire guys for basically nothing patch you could have a top four wingers of patch ready freaking pavel bushnevich burkovsky and uh who am i missing out on this someone else i'm on a rant right now you can have four top Bjorkstrand, thank you for basically no assets, and you'd have the four, the top best top four wingers in the league, basically. Instead, you have freaking Eric Goodbranson on your cap, you have Milan Lucic on your cap, you have freaking all these knobs, Derek Forbert in in Boston. You have all these knobs that don't need to make that money, and that's what you do with your money instead. That's the end of my rant. People need to Thanks fucking learn their lesson. NHL GMs need to learn their lesson. They're all fucking dumb. They don't yeah. ever. That's all I'm saying. And with that, thanks for listening. Clip it, Luke. <laughs> Clip it. Is that account still active? I don't know. <laughs> Alrighty. See you guys next week. Hey, Bye. that account's been doing well, man. That's up to 29,000 followers, which is like. They were, yeah, you were down like 7,000 in like three weeks. Yeah. Oh no, it's two thousand and and uh, oh, two weeks basically. Okay. Still good. Yeah. Yeah. We're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> back. I thought Bye. you ended the recording. Yeah, we're ending it now. <laughs> we're still <recording>. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K, and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week.